Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 17, here's what it says. Then he said to the disciples, Jesus, of course, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. A millstone, of course, is a huge and heavy stone. And uh, it'd be better for him. So in other words, offenses are going to come to us. Things that would trip us up, offend us, make us mad, get us to be in strife or angry at people and such. He said it's impossible that that's not going to happen. It is going to happen. He said, but woe to the person. This is a warning. That person through whom offenses come that are making believers stumble and potentially lose their salvation. He said, woe to the person through whom they come, because it'd be better for that person to have a millstone around his neck, be thrown in the sea, in other words, to drown. Uh, then that they should offend one of these little ones, talking about believers in Jesus. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Listen to this. And the apostles said uh, to the Lord, increase our faith. They said, oh, we need more faith to forgive that much. Evidently, they thought, oh, forgiving that much? Somebody coming back and apologizing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Would you forgive me? And so he said up to seven times uh, in a day. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith, interesting, they said, increase our faith. And he said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree. So evidently there was a mulberry tree there. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. And which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he is coming from the field, come at once, sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. It's interesting that Jesus was talking about faith and immediately he said, which of you and which of you having a servant? Uh, would say, sit down, wouldn't you say to the servant, hey, fix my dinner first, you're, you're my servant, and then you'll be able to eat. Seems to me like Jesus talking about faith is showing us that our faith works as a servant to us. And so when we believe God and we're asking God in faith, declaring faith, that that faith needs to go and get the job done. That faith needs to go and get the job done. And then after it gets the job done, now our faith can be fed and such, but we need, uh, but our faith needs to do that. But Jesus, uh, obviously, is also uh, applying this to us. He said, and so likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say we're unprofitable servants. In other words, we're servants of God. Uh, 
And so God doesn't owe us anything. We're not employees of God. We're servants of the Lord. So we should do whatever was our duty to do. And without any need for a reward, I don't need God to reward me to be obedient to him. I'm his servant. See, and I, it's a joy to be a servant of God. Okay, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, why did they lift up their voices? Because it was against the, the law of Moses for lepers to come into society with everybody else. They needed to be removed. And so it was, it was against uh, Levitical law. <coughs> Excuse me. So they lifted up their voices and they're calling out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, what are they asking? They're asking for healing. That's what they're asking for. So when he saw them, watch this, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourselves to the priests. Now, why would he say that? Well, because in the Old Testament, specifically Leviticus, the Bible tells the Jewish people, if you have a leprous sore and you believe that it's healed and it's recovering, you go to the priest and it gives very specific instructions as to how the priest can determine whether it's an active leprosy or whether it's healed and now it's in recovery and now it's, it's on its way out. In other words, it's healing and it's going to go away. So when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, he's telling them, have faith that you're, receive, you're receiving the healing that you're asking for. If you believe this, go show yourselves to the priest so that the priest can verify your healing. And it says, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice they're acting on their faith. They're acting on their faith. Sometimes we say we believe something, but our actions show we really don't believe it. Sometimes people say, well, I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that. But when you look at how they behave, when you look at how they speak, you realize <laughs> they're really not believing. They said that, but they're really not believing it. So it says, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, one out of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So one of these ten was a Samaritan. And boy, he came back to kneel down and thank Jesus loudly. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? I love this because there's no way that there's no reason for us to believe that Jesus actually verified that all 10 were cleansed. But when this one came back, he said, were there not 10 cleansed? See, Jesus, when he spoke it, go show yourselves to the priest, he believed that all 10 would be cleansed as they went, and they were. So he said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. Well, what faith? Well, when I said, go show yourself to the priest, in faith you began to go so that the priest could verify your healing, even though you didn't experience the healing yet. But as you went, you experienced it. And oh, he was so excited. He had to 
run back to Jesus and give thanks. Okay, verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, the kingdom of God doesn't come just with you seeing with your natural eyes. Nor will they say, verse 21 says, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God was in, is within you. So, so much evidence of the kingdom of God is inside of us as believers. How we behave, how we speak, how we treat people, it should be evidence of the kingdom of God. Verse 22, then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part of heaven, uh, one part under heaven shines to another part under heaven, so also will the Son of Man be in his day. In other words, he's saying, when I come back, don't <laughs> make no mistake about it. Everyone will know when I'm coming back. So if anybody says, look, he came back, come over here. He said, don't you believe that? If I, if I come back, everybody will know it. So... You'll know it. Verse 25. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. The first coming was to suffer and die on the cross, be raised from the dead. The second coming is when he's going to come back in glory. Verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will, be, uh, will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other left will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field, the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Some translations say vultures will be gathered together. Well, some people would, uh, would apply these verses to the rapture of the church, where it says, uh, I tell you that, there will be two men in one bed. One will be taking the other left. There'll be two women grinding together. One will be taking the other left. Two men will be in the field. One will, one will be taking the other left. But when they asked, where, Lord, he said, wherever the eagles are or the vultures are, are gathered together, that's where the body is. Well, we're talking about the great battle of Armageddon, the battle at the end of the age in the place of, in the, in Israel. And uh, it's going to be a big bloody battle. But notice these people that are taken away are not taken away as the righteous. They're taken away as the wicked. They're being removed. This is judgment that's happening. And he said, it's like the days of Noah. Well, what happened in the days of Noah? In the days of Noah, the wicked were taken away. 
the wicked were washed away. Isn't that right? It was the righteous that stayed. They were the ones that were protected. Excuse me. And this is, this is exactly what Jesus is saying at the end of the age. So is there a rapture? There absolutely is a rapture. But these verses are not speaking specifically about the rapture, though there is a rapture. Uh, the question in the Bible and among scholars is not whether there is a rapture. I think anybody could see that there's a rapture. It's very clear in that text will be caught up. But it's just when the rapture happens. That is disputed among scholars. Well, all right, that's chapter 17. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 18. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.